Welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students, a multi-part podcast series that gives college students the knowledge and tools to handle their financial situation during and after college. Your host for this program is Professor Frank Longo of Centenary University School of Professional Studies. Please note that before making any financial decisions, please seek sound financial advice from a financial professional. And now, here is your host, Professor Frank Longo. Hello. And welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students. Thank you for joining us. Big things are happening in the United States and in the world. You could ask, what's going on and how does it impact investing? That is our focus today. In recent days, the market has been highly volatile, subject to wide swings in prices. During one five-day period, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed at a new high each day. It was a remarkable run, but it was followed by several days of more than 200-point declines, followed by more days of 300-point declines. The record-high closings can cause excess optimism, and that can be financially dangerous. The big declines can lead to premature selling, and that, too, can be financially dangerous. We need to understand what causes both the highs and the lows so we can make rational investing decisions. There are several reasons. First, thin trading. This occurs when the volume or number of shares traded is low. There are fewer interested buyers and sellers. This is common during the summer months when many traders and investors go on vacation. It is also common during periods of investor concern and worry about the economy and world events. On the days of record-setting highs, there were more buyers than sellers. The buyers were encouraged by increasing corporate earnings. Clearly, the earnings fueled the stock price increases. On the down days, there were more sellers than buyers due to concerns about COVID, the variants, beta and delta, and geopolitical concerns about the problems resulting from the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. In short, there are a number of important and critical current events that are impacting corporate actions and the stock market. Let's consider these current events and try to estimate their impact on the stock market going forward. First, the virus. We were doing well due to vaccinations and businesses were opening up and were hiring. The economy looked strong, but we still have a large number of unvaccinated people. And that was and is. Then we encountered the variants, beta and delta. It is reported that they are more contagious, but less deadly. Additionally, the number of breakthrough cases that involves the fully vaccinated contracting COVID or a variant, they have been rising. It has been reported that these cases are small in number and rare relative to the population, but nevertheless, they are rising. That is cause for concern. Another worry is that some of the fully vaccinated have tested positive, but show no symptoms of the illness. What is the impact of this? The government appears to be on the verge of recommending a booster vaccine 
that it expects to improve outcomes. Some states and local governments appear to be on the verge of bringing back mask mandates or lockdowns. It seems that in-person classes in schools will take place, but with vaccination requirements in many colleges and masking will be required in lower schools. This could and has led to protests and lawsuits may follow. There's usually some level of uncertainty associated with lawsuits. This is a lot for the market to digest, but there is more. Afghanistan. What is going on there? We know the United States is trying to withdraw from that country. We know the withdrawal is complicated and chaotic. We also know that anytime the Taliban is involved, there's a great deal of uncertainty. The bottom line is there are many U.S. citizens trying to evacuate, along with many U.S. allies and many Afghans who desperately want to leave. We can't predict exactly how this will end in neither the short run nor in the long term, and we will not attempt to. Let's just say that this is a troublesome situation that investors should not ignore. Just a reminder of our goal for today, to understand what's going on in the world so we can better make financial decisions. This is a difficult task. We have a changing and worrisome virus situation. The market has reacted to changes, to the virus changes, but it didn't crash. It dropped significant, significantly, but did not crash. Why? Financially, we managed the pre-variant time well, and the stock market did very well during that time. It likely took that into account. It also focused on good corporate earnings. As previously noted, for a while, the market hit record highs, and this happened despite worrisome virus news. As the Afghan situation developed, the market worried more and suffered significant losses, but it did not crash. Why? Perhaps it is waiting for additional news. Then a new development happened. The Federal Reserve indicated that the economic recovery has advanced to the point that it could begin cutting back on its stimulative policies. You remember that the Fed provided record amounts of cash to the economy to stimulate economic activity, and it seemed to work. Merely indicating that this cutback in stimulus could occur later this year prompted an immediate market decline of almost 400 points. That is an important point for investors to remember. The market likes stimulus. To sum up what is going on, a lot. A number of events could influence the market in a downward direction. In my opinion, the Federal Reserve's actions are the most financially significant of those we discussed. This is due to the enormous financial power of the Fed and the fact that it can react to economic impact of other events, the other events that we discussed. It has the ability to offset, at least financially, other events. Mar market often views the Fed as the solution to financial problems. After all of that, what should the investor do? First, 
I go back to what we always say. Stay calm. Don't overreact. Remember Warren Buffett's rule for selling. When something significant has changed about the company you've invested in, consider selling. Review your investments. Consider the impact of current events on them. And consider, did your company change significantly? And did its prospects change significantly as a result of the current events? Also remember the stop loss principle. If your investment has dropped by 15 to 20%, you might consider selling so as to limit your losses. As to new purchases, be cautious. There may be opportunities, but be cautious. Until the market stabilizes and starts to rise for a number of sessions, I would personally need a compelling reason to buy at this point. There is news about a company we follow, Pfizer. Pfizer, along with its partner, BioNTech, submitted data to U.S. regulators seeking approval for a booster shot for the general public. The government is also expected to release a broader strategy on boosters in the next several weeks. Add to the mix the fact that the World Health Organization has expressed concerns about under-vaccinated countries, and it is seeking help to get them vaccinated. All of this points to additional vaccine demand, including for Pfizer's vaccine. Pfizer indicated that it expects its revenue to increase by the billions of dollars, and this is just from the vaccine. Remember, vaccines are just a part of Pfizer's business. In my opinion, Pfizer stockholders would be wise to hold on to their stock. For non-owners, Pfizer looks like a compelling and cautious investment, especially if the market drags it down from its recent $48 to $49 per share price. Pfizer's metrics remain solid as does its dividend. Let's talk about another company with an interest in the pharmaceutical business, Royalty Pharma, symbol RPRH. This company invests in late-stage biopharmaceutical products by making royalty agreements with academic institutions, research hospitals, and other well-known pharma companies. It provides capital to these companies in return for a royalty. Royalties are right to receive a portion of revenue from a particular product. On its website, Royalty Pharma says it is, and I'll quote, transforming the funding of life sciences through collaborative capital, unquote. It provides experts with the capital they need to fund research and production. Royalty has a good record of identifying drugs with potential to reach the market. From 2012 to the year 2020, 90% of its investments, that is 90% of investments in development stage drugs received FDA approval. This is a remarkable record. It has agreements with Biogen, Gilead, Merck, Novartis, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, all on a variety of well-known and approved drugs. It also has agreements on pre-approved drugs 
including Biogen's multiple sclerosis drug, Gilead's breast cancer treatment, Pfizer's chronic myeloid leukemia regimen, Pfizer's prostate cancer treatment, and many more. This company was founded in 1996, but it has only been a public company for less than two years. So it doesn't have a beta for us to measure market risk. Its recent results show that revenue increased $555 million from $511 million. It has cash receipts that increased to $475 million from $462 million. These are good metrics, not the metrics that we look from typical, well-established market-traded company. As a financing company, royalty doesn't take the same risks as research companies. We should note that many research projects don't succeed. That's in part why drugs are so expensive. It's other reasons, too. It's another subject for another time. Royalty has the advantage of reviewing and evaluating the progress of research before investing. This stock sells for about $36 per share. Has a dividend yield about, of about 1.5%. It has an interesting business model. It is certainly a company worth following. As of now, as of today, I don't see this as a cautious and compelling investment, mainly due to the fact that it just recently went public. I would like to see how Royalty performs as a publicly traded company, especially in this environment before investing. We discussed this company today since it's an example of one worth following, one that we will consider, but personally, I am not ready to commit to invest in this company. We will monitor this company closely and we'll let you know of any developments. Until the next time, stay calm, cautious, and purposeful. You have been listening to Dollars and Cents for College Students with host Frank Longo. The opinions on this series are those of the host. Before making any financial decisions, be sure to consult with a financial professional such as a certified financial planner. For more information, visit cfp.net. 